One of my favorite teacher resources is the book Yardsticks by Chipwood. In college, I had to buy the book as a course material, and ever since then, I've always bought the updated versions. If you haven't read it, it provides detailed information about the developmental needs and changes of your students from ages 4 through 14. According to Yardsticks, the common physical traits in our upper elementary students from ages 8 to 12 are having a lot of energy, feeling restless, and needing lots of gross motor movement. Traditional upper elementary school schedules do not allow for a lot of movement that our students need at these ages. Unfortunately for us teachers, the consequence of not having enough opportunity to move their bodies can become classroom management issues. To help support you in keeping your students moving, in today's episode of the Mathematically Enthused podcast, I'll talk to you about three fun ways to get your students moving in math. Hey friends, you're listening to the Mathematically Enthused podcast. This podcast will take you on a deep dive into all things math, student engagement, and classroom management. I'm your host, Kelly Hogan. Let's get to it. In today's episode, you'll hear me talk about one of my favorite activities, math scavenger hunts. If you'd like to try them out, you can download a mini math scavenger hunt freebie by following the link in my show description. Today, we're talking about fun ways to get your students moving in math. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is why your students need to move in math. All of our students have gym, and if you're on the elementary level, they probably also have a recess, although at middle school they don't. They give our students opportunities to move in school, but sometimes other subjects do the exact opposite. When I picture my middle school social studies experience, we were never out of our seats. Science allowed for a little bit more movement, but it was definitely more structured movement and standing at lab tables. If our students aren't standing and moving in our other classes, they are sitting in their seats anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes during class time. That just doesn't support their developmental needs. So aside from physical movement and getting that developmental need met, your student engagement increases when your students begin moving in math class. Movement equals energy, And your student's movement will add positive energy to your instruction and keep you and your students happy. Of course, like anything else, you always want to discuss your expectations before you start any of these activities and have a plan in place to regroup and start again if your students need a second chance. Once expectations are discussed, your students are ready to dive into any of these activities for a high-energy, engaging day in math. Fun way to move number one is one of my favorites, math scavenger hunts. Math scavenger hunts are great because they can be either content or topic specific, or they can be a review. So if you want to use it to teach your first lesson of ratios, you absolutely can. Or if you want to wait to review the end of your unit, you can do that as well. When I'm setting up a math scavenger hunt in my classroom, I teach the routines and procedures. On my end, I prep the scavenger hunt by printing the scavenger hunt. Usually I print two sets because I like my students to be a little bit more spread out, and I tape them in alphabetical order around my classroom. Then I print a recording sheet for my students, and I assign them each a letter to begin at. The reason I assign them a letter to begin at is that our students naturally want to go to letter A to start, and I don't want everyone to start at letter A because I don't want them all moving on the same path at the same time. So let's say we start one of your students at letter C. Your student's going to answer the question on the letter C task card, and then they're going to search for their answer on one of the other task cards around the room. Once they find their answer, they can move on and they can continue and answer 
that question. If they don't find their answer, that's time that you can revisit with them and have them check their work, or that's time for them to self-correct and go back and check their work. When this is going on, I told you I'm a clipboard teacher. I love to stand in the middle of the room and monitor with a clipboard and kind of move in when I see my students need my support. Math scavenger hunts are super easy startup. It takes less than five minutes to teach your students how to do it, less than 10 minutes for you to prep before the school day starts. And once you have them prepped and ready, you can use them year after year so easily. Here's why you'll love doing math scavenger hunts with your students. Number one, and one of my favorites, is that they're self-checking. Your students determine their answer and then they look around the room for it. If they can't find their answer, that's a signal to check their work and try again. I know I have students who love to say the answer isn't there, and usually I just remind them that the answers are all there. It's just that they've made an error in their calculation. You'll also love classroom scavenger hunts because they're easy to monitor. You can stand in the middle of the room and move around when you see your students are stuck or see a lot of students clumping around a specific problem. That's a cue to you that that problem is challenging and perhaps will require a little bit of review. Your students will love mass scavenger hunts because they're moving and that can feel very different in math. Scavenger hunts also create an opportunity for group or partner work. So if you'd like to have them work in groups or partners here, this is a great opportunity to do that for your students and we know they're always asking for that. Fun ways to move, number two, is to play movement-based math games. Things like trash kit ball, four corners, and scoot will have your students moving without requiring a lot of prep work on your end. Any of these games can be based off of a worksheet or a page in your required district curriculum, and they're really easy to modify and turn into games. For myself, and my students, Scoot has always been a fan favorite. If you've never played, basically for Scoot, you designate each desk or seat as a spot for one specific problem on some kind of worksheet or review. If you only have a small problem set, you can have desks one through 12 be problems one through six and repeat them twice and so on and so forth. The student starts at their own desk. You give a few minutes to answer a question and then have them scoot over to the next desk at a designated time. What I love about Scoot is that in the background, I like to play some school safe music, and when kids are done answering their questions, they're always kind of boogieing around the room a little bit, and that really brings up the energy in the classroom with really minimal prep for you. Similarly, Trash Get Ball could be used with any problem set you want it to be used with. It plays to your student's competitive nature, and who does not want to shoot their paper dunk style, or layup style into their trash cans. We know our students are doing that anyway, so why not gamify it and play to their competitive nature and divide them into teams? Four corners can be great during test review season because many of those problems are multiple choice and you can easily divide your classroom into your four corners for A, B, C, and D and have your students work through specific questions and then move to the corner of their choice. To bring up the rigor and critical thinking, you can have your students move with their work And when they get to their corner, discuss with the other people in their corner why they chose their answer. It's a great opportunity for your students to add some mathematical discourse to moving around the room. You'll love games like this because first and foremost, the energy is contagious. Your students are engaged and there's options for group, partner, or independent activities depending on what you feel like doing that day. They are all easily done as group, partner, or independent. Your students will love games like these because it plays to their competitive nature. 
I know, especially in sixth grade, if it was a game and somebody could win, my sixth grade students were all about it. It also takes students out of worksheets in a standard and traditional way and into some math play. Fun way to get your students moving in math, number three, is the 360 degree classroom. The only way I was able to try this one was during my time as a math AIS teacher. And the reason for that was because of the layout of the room that I was working in. The idea behind the 360 degree classroom is to have our students work by standing on all four walls in the room. If you have multiple whiteboards, you're already set up for this. You can have your students stand and write on your whiteboards and work their way through their math, either in small groups or independently writing with a dry erase marker. Because I'm aware that all classrooms are laid out differently and often we have walls that have structures or items for use on them, there's some alternative ways we could do this without having whiteboards on all four walls. We can add poster paper to almost any surface. In my previous sixth grade classroom, we had an entire wall of lockers inside our bar room. That space could have been easily converted into a writing space by adding a few sheets of poster paper and just making sure I had markers that didn't bleed through onto our school property or lockers. In my math AIS classroom, I didn't have a lot of whiteboard space, so I added some whiteboard contact paper to my bulletin board areas. I sectioned off a section of a number of different bulletin boards and just put on that whiteboard contact paper and it works great for a year and erases fairly easily. You'll love the 360 degree classroom because with students standing and working, it's much easier to see who is and who isn't engaged and address the issue. And it's also easier to monitor your student work because your work is facing out into the room. Because we all have students who are tentative about their math work, this is also a great opportunity for group work and encouraging the use of mathematical discourse while your students talk their way through solving their problems. Your students will love the 360 degree classroom because it's collaborative work and it's talking time for them and because they get to feel like the teacher. They're writing on the board or they're writing on the walls And it really flips the script of having our students sit in their seats and working on a worksheet, which is exactly what we want to do. So for a quick recap of today's episode, if you're looking for a fun way to get your students moving during math, you can use math scavenger hunts, movement-based games, or a 360-degree classroom. If you're feeling really brave, go ahead and try them all. You can download a mini scavenger hunt freebie in today's show description. If you use it, don't forget to take a picture and tag me on social media so I can share in your math joy. Thanks for hanging out with me today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and support more teachers just like you. Talk soon.